Our sermon text on this third Sunday of Lent is from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, beginning with verse 18. And uh, if you don't have a Bible of your own and are using the Pew Bible, that's on page 1131, 1131. And I'd encourage you to open that up. Uh, for the interest of, in the interest of time on this Communion Sunday, I'm not going to read the text to start with, but I want to encourage you to have it open there as I preach through this text verse by verse. Now, by way of introduction, having a, a degree, a college degree, and, and a seminary degree, I, I do have a great deal of education and have acquired quite a lot of what our society would call wisdom. But what I believe to be the most important truth that one can attain, my belief in that truth would seem utter foolishness in most university classrooms today. But I would rather be called a fool by our society than to be called a fool by God. All wisdom apart from knowing Jesus Christ, and I should put wisdom in quotes there, all wisdom, apart from knowing Jesus Christ, amounts to foolishness. During these Sundays of Lent, we are asking God to lead us on our journey to the cross. And by the way, thank you, John, and choir for that beautiful anthem, because Paul will emphasize in our passage today that we preach Christ crucified. And today, we pray, Lord, lead me in your truth through foolishness to wisdom. And let us begin with a prayer. Heavenly Father, we pray as David did in Psalm 25, make us know your ways, O Lord. Teach us your paths. Lead us in your truth and teach us for you are the God of our salvation. 
in Jesus' name. Amen. In our passage today, Paul teaches about true wisdom by examining three forms of foolishness. Now, the English Standard Version we have in our pews and from which I will be preaching uh, uses the word folly uh, for what's often translated foolishness. So when you hear folly, think foolishness. So first, Paul teaches about the foolishness of the cross. Look at verse 18. For the, cro- for the word of the cross is folly, foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. According to the wisdom of unbelievers, the cross represents weakness and defeat. It was the means by which the Romans demonstrated their power and control. They, and in doing so, inflicted utter horror and shame on its enemies. To be saved by a crucified Messiah, and uh, the word Christ is, is the Greek uh, form of the Hebrew Messiah, to be, cru- to be saved by a crucified Messiah seems utter foolishness to those who have yet to believe. Verse 22 says, for Jews demand signs and Greeks seek wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and folly, foolishness to the Gentiles. The cross was a stumbling block to Jews. Paul knew that firsthand because it was once one for him. Paul stumbled over this point. Before God had removed the blind, spiritual blindness from Paul's eyes, Paul thought that the crucifixion of Jesus proved that he could not have been the Messiah. The Old Testament law decreed, cursed is, every, is everyone who is hanged on a tree. Cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. Paul had reasoned, well, there cannot be a cursed Messiah. That's utter foolishness. But once the risen Jesus appeared to Paul, Paul realized that Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us, Galatians 3.13. If the crucified Jesus was a stumbling block To Paul's fellow Jews, it was utter foolishness to the prevailing Greek culture. Scholar Gerhard Kittelsen wrote, even to speak about a crucified man was a breach of etiquette in Hellenistic eyes. That was bad taste even to talk about someone being crucified. The Jews demanded signs. They were looking for a Messiah to defeat the Romans. The Jews were seeking signs that demonstrated the power of God. And so when Jesus cleansed the temple in our our gospel lesson today, they said, what what sign do you do to, uh, you know, uh, so that we can know this, you, you got God's authority here. But Jesus refused to give such signs. 
and called them a faithless generation for seeking signs. God chose what seemed foolish and weak, the very opposite of what Jews and Greeks expected as the means of salvation for all who believe. And so Paul proclaimed in Romans 1.16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Lutheran Bible scholar Richard Lenski noted, power is required to save. Yet this power should not be regarded as omnipotent power, the almightiness which called the world into being. That sort of power cannot rescue sinners. If it could, the cross on Calvary would never have been needed. Goes on to say, the power Paul has in mind is God's grace, which alone reaches sinners. In other words, it is the power of God's love. Through preaching the word of the cross, the message of the gospel, God gives the power to believe by the Holy Spirit to unregenerate, hardened, sinful hearts. There is a power that is required, but it is the power of God's grace through the gospel that opens our hearts by the Holy Spirit to believe. Proclaiming the gospel, the word of the cross, alone has the power to save. We preach Christ crucified and him alone. Well, second, Paul addresses the foolishness of the world. Look at verse 19 uh, through 21. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom, it pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. Now, by the term world, Paul meant the unbelieving culture that is in rebellion against God. The wisdom of the world is foolishness to God. It is a wisdom that he will thwart and destroy because it is not wisdom at all. It's an expression of the foolishness of human beings trying to be their own God. God cannot be known through the world's wisdom. The world is blinded by sin and Satan so that they cannot see what God has made plain. We heard in our psalm today, the heavens declare the glory of God and the expanse uh, declares his greatness. Yes, it ought to be plain to them in Romans chapter 1, verses 18 to 20, says, unbelievers by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly 
perceived ever since the creation of the world and the things that have been made. And so they are without excuse. Now, it's not that God does not want us to use our brains. Jesus said that we are to love the Lord our God with all of our heart and all of our soul and all of our mind. The problem is our sinful human nature refuses to submit to God and so seeks to exclude God from our thinking. Go into any secular university school classroom and you'll find out how true that is. What ought to be obvious seems foolish to them, foolishness to them. The bottom line is, is that God was pleased to use what the unbelieving world called folly in order to save those who believe. Third, Paul contrasts the wisdom of the world with the, quote, foolishness of God. Verse 24, but to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. Bible scholar and teacher of the late R.C. Sproul noted, this passage is filled with intense irony. Those who are wise according to the standards of the world think the gospel is foolish. But even the most foolish thing about God is wiser than human wisdom. He goes on to observe the arrogance of human wisdom blinds unbelievers to the truth. Preaching Christ crucified is utter foolishness to the unsaved mind. Yet this foolishness of God is greater than all human wisdom. The combined wisdom of the world would never have come up with a plan like Christ crucified to save humanity, to redeem sinful souls. In Acts 26, 24, King Agrippa praised Paul for his great learning, but thought Paul was out of his mind when he began to proclaim Jesus as the Messiah, crucified and risen from the dead. That was just just too far for him. Jesus is a stumbling block to those who do not believe. But verse 24 tells us, but to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. To receive Jesus is to obtain true wisdom. Through the foolishness of God, we are given, you know, through the, quote, foolishness of God, we are given Jesus in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, Colossians 2, 3. Paul goes on to teach that God chooses what is weak and ordinary in this world. And even those who might be powerful and exemplary must first come to Christ in humility, setting all of that aside. Verse 26 goes on to say, For consider your calling, brothers and sisters. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards, 
Not many were powerful, not many were of noble birth, but God chose what is foolish in this world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even the things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. By the foolishness of the cross, God upended all human values. What is worthless becomes wise, or excuse me, what is foolish becomes wise, what is weak becomes strong. God delights in using what seems foolish to the world to accomplish his great purpose. In Jesus Jesus Christ, we have something to boast about. Verse 30, look at that, teaches, and because of him, you who are in Christ Jesus, who uh, became for us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Christ became to us wisdom from God and also our righteousness and sanctification and redemption. And so God leads us through foolishness to true wisdom. For the unbeliever, to place one's faith in the crucifixion of Jesus seems the depths of foolishness. Yet to those who have put their faith in Jesus Christ, to those who are being saved, it is the power of God. Not the power of brute strength, nor of coercion, but it is the power of love, mercy, and grace. On the cross, Jesus, God in the flesh, stripped himself of all his divine attributes, all of his divine power, but one, showing to us, demonstrating to us his naked love. By the word of the cross, God woos us to himself. The Holy Spirit takes the blinders from our eyes, removes the hardness from our hearts so that we can see the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ, 2 Corinthians 4, 6. And so, since in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom, it pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you that you sent your Son to be my Savior. And Lord, all of my learning means nothing if it doesn't lead me to Christ and to the wisdom that we have in him. And Lord, if there's anyone who has never received Jesus, put their faith in him as their Savior, would they cry out to you even today, Lord, I embrace what the world calls foolishness. I embrace Christ crucified. I believe that he died for my sin. I believe he rose from the dead to give me the certainty of eternal life. And I ask him to come into my heart and into my life to be my Savior and Lord. Lord, help me now to live for him, even as you, through Christ, live for me. 
in Jesus' name. Amen.